Thanks, Dan. Thanks, everyone, for uh, allowing me to share with you today. Uh, it's really humbling to be able to come back to Hong Kong and uh, share God's word. Um, this is a wonderful opportunity to do it with uh, our fairly new church family, um, but just an opportunity in general on a daily basis to be in this uh, wonderful city uh, with so much opportunity um, to share uh, God's heart uh, and God's word. I'm going to start with a scripture reading. If uh, you can turn to Luke 4, verse 14. And I'm going to read through uh, 21. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. And he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you're just awesome. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the gift of your son. Um, Lord, you've, you've created everything. Um, all the heavens, the earth, um, everything in them. You are almighty. You are all-powerful. Yeah, you came to, you chose to come to the earth um, in the form of Jesus um, as a baby and uh, be one of us um, familiar with our sufferings, familiar with all of our challenges uh, in life. Uh, yet, Jesus was without sin and uh, <clears throat> went all the way to the cross to carry the burden of our sins um, and so that the scriptures might be fulfilled in him. Uh, but not only that, um, Jesus was risen from the, the dead in three days and uh, showed that he had power even over death. And so, Lord, uh, we start this morning just reflecting on your greatness, um, but not only your greatness, but your compassion. Um, that while you're mighty, uh, you're also merciful and caring. Uh, so I pray that you would open our hearts, um, open our ears, open our minds to, to hear what your spirit would have to say to us today, God. Um, Lord, let the, let the scriptures be fulfilled in our hearing. Amen. <clears throat> well, I open my eyes and uh, stand <laughs> magically appears. It's wonderful. Um, thanks, whoever put this up here. So I think this is a wonderful uh, series that we're in, uh, Living in the Red. In other words, 
finding life in the teachings of Jesus. Uh, as many of us know, oftentimes in different versions that are printed of the Bible, they'll actually print the words of Jesus in the color red to help them to stand out. Um, and uh, it's just such a privilege to be able to share from Jesus' teaching. Uh, myself, as Dan had mentioned, um, I grew up here in Hong Kong, and uh, I was exposed to the scriptures as a young person. Um, I was exposed to a lot of things as a young a person, and uh, the scriptures were one of them. And I actually experienced a great deal of confusion when I was growing up. Uh, I was exposed to many different religions um, and uh, really questioned God, you know, which of these religions is real? Um, but one thing that stuck with me uh, throughout my upbringing uh, and into my adult years uh, were Jesus' teachings. Uh, they were so powerful, so true. Um, of any of the religions that I learned about, um, it was the teachings of Jesus that each time I came back to and knew that there was something really different about Jesus, um, something so pure about his teaching. Um, and thankfully, eventually, I came to the realization um, that I couldn't just pick and choose from Jesus' teachings. Um, they're the most powerful teachings in the world. Um, but I couldn't you know, rejoice over the fact that uh, Jesus calls us to um, touch the lives of the poor and to live a life um, of truth and honesty and love, but then pick away his teaching that... Uh, he would spend three days in the earth and be risen again, uh, and that he was God. And um, thankfully, uh, eventually, um, I came to a personal realization that Jesus is God, uh, that he is who he says he is. And that his teaching, um, all of his teachings are pure, including his teachings about his deity <clears throat> and his resurrection. Um, so this is one of those um, teachings that I'm drawn to often um, in Luke 4, where Jesus shares from the scripture that uh, was written about him so long before he even came to the earth uh, that was fulfilled in him. And so I'm going to take a little time to focus on different aspects of, uh, of this scripture with you. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Um, Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit, uh, but he was empowered for a special purpose, a very unique, a completely uncommon purpose. Um, <clears throat> when you think of the spirit of the Lord, I mean, think about the spirit that hovered over, the, over creation and was active in the formation of the universe. Um, that very spirit, that huge spirit of God, all-powerful, was upon Jesus uh, as he read these scriptures. But he wasn't there just to uh, make Jesus this mighty king. Jesus was a mighty king. But he was anointed, or as was mentioned in the children's message, set apart, um, separated for a special purpose. Um, now, when we think about anointing, uh, what is that? In uh, ancient times, oftentimes, when a new king was placed into power and was recognized, um, 
oil would be poured over him, or this would sometimes happen with a priest as well, uh, to signify God's spirit, God's power uh, running over the person, and that authority coming from above, not just coming from the person. And so the spirit of the Lord was upon Jesus because he had anointed him. Um, And he had anointed him for a purpose that might have confused a lot of people, to proclaim good news to the poor. Most kings don't come to the earth. uh, Well, most kings don't come to power, sorry, um, with the purpose of proclaiming good news to the poor, right? Um, But this was the unique cause that uh, Jesus was anointed for. And I have no, no doubt that it was unexpected, an uncommon purpose. Next, Jesus said that um, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Uh, or liberty for the captives. Now, when you think about the poor, when we think about the captives, oftentimes we think of other people, Right? Um, people who might be far away, people uh, perhaps in another neighborhood, another country. Um, But if we don't see how this scripture applies to ourselves, then indeed uh, we're poor, that we're captive, that we're prisoners. Um, Then we're going to miss the greatness of what Jesus has said and what that means for us and what impact that we can have on the world. Um, I remember a, a movie called Shawshank Redemption. Has anyone seen Shawshank Redemption? Um, it, it takes place uh, within a prison. And um, there's a man, the main character, uh, is actually uh, in the prison for a crime he didn't commit. Uh, but he makes relationships uh, with other pris- prisoners while he's there, and he learns a lot from them, um, sometimes from unexpected people. And I remember him talking to another character and asking him, you know, don't you like hunger to be free? Don't you long for the time when you'll be out of prison? And the other character, I think he's played by Morgan Freeman, um, said, well, I'm an institutionalized man. And so um, it wasn't just that he was housed in a prison, um, but he recognized that part of his human spirit was imprisoned too. Um, that it wasn't just the four walls that held him in. Uh, it was the fact that he had grown used to the lifestyle of being imprisoned. Um, and in G- indeed, um, we're all prisoners um, in our own ways. We're all prisoners to, to sin. And without Jesus, there's really no way out. Uh, there's not only no way out of the prison of sin, there's no way out of the belief that Um, it's even possible to live a life um, that's changed in him. And so we need to understand that the Spirit of the Lord is upon Jesus, uh, even now, even today, to release us from that prison. Um, So again, each of these scriptures, each of these pieces of what Jesus is uh, proclaiming liberty from um, apply to each of us today. Jesus also said that he came to bring recovery of sight for the blind. 
Um, so we need to recognize our own blindness um, and our need for sight. That's the thing is that if you've never seen before, you don't know what it's like to see. You don't necessarily know uh, what you're missing. And so even to come to the realization that we're blind, that we need a Savior, uh, is something that takes God's Spirit at work in a mighty way. Um, And I I pray that God's Spirit is at work in a mighty way today um, and helping us to see uh, how much we need Jesus. Uh, Whether you've been uh, a Christian for a long time or uh, whether you're just finding out for the first time what is Christianity or just beginning to explore the concept or maybe someone invited you to church today and you were a little reluctant uh, to come. I remember a moment when I was reluctant to to come to church and I was invited and okay. And I sat in the back and um, sort of listened resentfully through what was said. But at some point, the Spirit of God did a work in me that opened my eyes to how much I needed Jesus. Now, is Jesus talking about literal blindness here, a physical condition? Was he saying, I'm going to heal the blind? Or was he talking about a spiritual blindness? And to that question, I would say, yes. Yes to both. Um, Jesus came in a mighty way. um, And you see many times in the scripture that he actually healed people of physical blindness. Um, But at the same time, even more importantly, uh, he healed people of spiritual blindness. People like myself. So God, uh, please just show us our need of, of seeing you and having our eyes opened, I pray. Something that struck me as I, I prepared uh, to share with you and thought about the significance of Jesus bringing sight to the blind, I, I looked at some different scriptures where Jesus did this. Um, and I tried to put myself in the place of someone who actually uh, was blind. What, are, what would it be like to receive sight uh, after this t- all this time without sight? And uh, it struck me that each time Jesus did the miracle of helping someone to see, uh, he, he performed actually at least two miracles. One is he opened their eyes and helped their eyes to literally see. Uh, there's another miracle that happened too, um, because it's one thing to be able to perceive light, but if you have never perceived light before um, and your eyes are open, um, I've read the accounts of people who have had this happen, uh, who have been healed either miraculously or through a surgery, uh, whatever it might be. And um, so first you start perceiving the light, um, but it's hard to perceive depth. Um, And so there actually has to be something, a retraining of the mind's, the brain's uh, visual cortex, an area uh, that I think is located in the back of uh, the brain, but I'm no neurosurgeon, so... I don't know exactly what all goes into that. But the mind has to be able to understand uh, what it's seeing uh, and interpret that. I think there's one scripture actually where Jesus uh, is healing a man and he says uh, initially, well, I see people like trees walking around. You know, he's having a hard time understanding what he was seeing. And Jesus completed the miracle. Um, And oftentimes, I think in our Christian walk, when we come to faith in Christ... Uh, We're healed of blindness, but there's still work to be done, uh, work throughout our lives. 
Um, you know, we may feel like we've got it all together. We understand God. We understand our relationship with Him uh, and everything. But I think each of us have our blind spots, right? Um, and one of the wonderful things about being a part of an international church is being able to connect deeply with Christians of other cultures from our own. Um, because there are aspects, myself, of growing up in you know, one country or, or another where I'm going to miss out on the significance of certain aspects of the gospel unless I'm connecting with someone from another culture. Um, there are going to be things that uh, perhaps as an American that are really appealing to me about the gospel. Um, and then there are going to be other aspects where I might need the help of a Chinese believer or a Filipino believer or some other believer from another place um, to understand. Um, because as an American, I see the world in a very individualistic view. When I come into faith in Christ, yay me! You know, um, I have my salvation, I'll hold on to it for the rest of my life and then get to go to heaven. But I may miss out on the whole dynamic of community and what it means to be um, in deep relationships with other believers and to realize the impact of salvation not only on individuals uh, but on families and on communities. Um, And I think this goes for all of us. Um, And then sometimes it may be uh, a blind spot of sin in our lives. Uh, some area that we're still holding on to, uh, where we're not going to understand certain aspects of the scripture uh, unless uh, the door is open for the spirit to deal with that sin in our lives and give us healing. Next, Jesus said um, that... He's come to release the oppressed. Our different translations will uh, translate this as the burdened or the battered. Um, And, um, you know, a lot of images come to mind when I think of the oppressed. Uh, You know, maybe I think of someone living uh, not far away uh, here in Hong Kong who may live in what's unaffectionately called a cage home. Uh, Or um, maybe I think of... Uh, Erwiana, pardon me if I'm pronouncing that wrong, who's been in the news lately, uh, when I think of someone who uh, has been oppressed or battered or burdened. um, And uh, Jesus has come to to give freedom to the burdened. Um, You know, I think we all in our own ways carry our own uh, baggage and burden. And some uh, some of us, it's obvious You might see a physical scar. You might see a bruise. Uh, In others, it might be more hidden. Um, But all of us come to Christ with burdens that he can set us free from and give us liberty uh, in the midst of. Um, I think about uh, a time when uh, shortly after college, I got my first uh, job after college working in a local mental health center uh, in a small town in Illinois in the USA, Um, and this mental health center was designed to support people who um, were experiencing great trauma, difficulty, uh, perhaps mental illness, um, despair, uh, great challenges in their lives, and who couldn't afford the treatment anywhere else, and uh, it was really a blessing to be able to serve there. And I remember 
um, this was after I had come to Christ. And there was one woman who came to the center every day. And um, she was amazing. Um, even though to the exterior, you might think, oh, you know, this person's obviously experiencing a lot of challenges. Uh, there's a, she had some kind of medical condition where she actually had to carry around uh, like a catheter bag. Um, sorry, again, I don't have my medical terminology quite precise, I don't think. Um, but I remember her walk, trudging through the snow um, because there's no free parking uh, around our area. Uh, coming into this mental health center with this bag at her side, uh, looking really weary. But she would come in each day and um, see other people in need and would try to cheer them up in different ways. <clears throat> well, I remember one day uh, she came in and she was wearing sunglasses and just kind of her head was hanging low. Um, and uh, this was actually a day in the summer when it was quite a bit warmer. And she was wearing long sleeves. And I thought, well, why is she wearing long sleeves? That's really strange. It's really hot outside. Um, you know, we think of the polar vortex when we picture that part of the world right now. But it actually gets quite hot in the summer. Uh, and she had long sleeves on. And I was curious about that. And so, I, you know, as the day went on, I made some time to sit with her and say, um, hey, I was wondering, are you okay? You have long sleeves on today, don't you? Do you need a, you know, maybe we can find you a shirt here or something uh, that uh, would be a a little lighter that you could wear so you're not so hot or whatever. And um, she's like, oh, no, I'm okay. And I said, well, it seems like you're having a hard time today. What, you know, what can I help you with? Is there anything you want to talk about? And as she talked, um, she kind of rolled up her sleeves and I saw bruises on her arm. I thought, oh, are you? Are you safe? You know, what's going on uh, that you have these bruises on your arms? And uh, <clears throat> she revealed to me that she actually, uh, for many years, when she would be going through the hardest times, uh, one of the ways that she coped was through something we call self-injury, which is not a comfortable topic to <laughs> share about. Um, but she apparently had this iron skillet at home and uh, would harm herself with it. Um, and so she had these bruises, um, but she would cover them up so other people wouldn't know uh, what was going on. And um, so I you know, talked to her through this, and um, over time, uh, as she shared more with me, we became closer, and I had opportunities to share with her about uh, what God had done in my life, um, even though we weren't necessarily supposed to do that in this publicly funded mental health center. But I'd find times, you know, maybe on a lunch break or something else uh, when I could, you know, share a little bit about what God had done in my own life and how he had freed me from a great deal of despair in my own uh, walk and how ultimately um, what gave me peace and joy was a relationship with Christ. And then I believed that he wanted that for her too. And, um, you know, invited her to come to a relationship with, with Christ. So this woman was certainly uh, burdened um, and oppressed in many ways. And, um, you know, I, I worried about her quite a bit. And then uh, after about a year at this position, um, it was time for me to move on. I wanted to move away and go to seminary. And uh, before I left... She came into the office and 
she had this big bag, um, like a, a gift bag, with all this fluffy, frou-frou stuff that I don't understand, <laughs> tissue paper and ribbons and all this stuff, um, brightly colored, I don't remember, it was either like a pink or a neon green or something like that, and handed it to me. Uh, I was like, okay, I'm actually, it's a, a requirement of this job that we're not really supposed to accept gifts from people. I'm sorry. Um, she said, just, just open it. I thought, okay, this bag was really heavy. I mean, when she handed it to me, it was like, boom. Um, I was like, oh, my gosh, what has she given me? Like, this must be worth quite a bit to be this heavy uh, and weighty. Uh, and I opened it up, and uh, what did I find inside? But the skillet. Uh, I was like, this is the weirdest gift I've ever gotten. <laughs> um, I didn't say that out loud. Um, actually... Um, some tears came to my eyes and tears came to her eyes. And uh, she said, um, you know, thanks to our conversations um, and things, I just want you to know that even though you're leaving, that I'm going to be okay and I'm not going to be needing this anymore. Um, <clears throat> and she, she still hadn't, that was a powerful thing, obviously, and she still hadn't come to a relationship with um, Christ yet. And I continued to pray for her while I was at seminary away for several years. I didn't have any contact with her. Um, but then, uh, towards the end of seminary, I was kind of going through a bit of a discouraging time. Okay, what's coming next, Lord? Um, and not sure, you know, what he wanted me to do exactly from there. And uh, all of a sudden, I got a call one evening. And it was her. I was like, whoa, how did you get my number? And she's like, oh, it's totally on the internet. <laughs> okay. And uh, um, she said, hey, I just wanted to let you know that um, I came to a relationship with Christ. And um, I wanted to let you know that, you know, even though I hadn't worked for a while when I was at the center and I was pretty desperate, um, I took a job where I could work in the mental health system and start to share a bit of my story and give hope to others. And so as it turned out, she was working... Um, in a, a state mental health uh, institution um, where people would uh, spend, a, spend a lot of time. Um, and uh, later I was able to see the place. I mean, there's barbed wire fences. Uh, it's really sort of an oppressive atmosphere. Um, but it's, it's just awesome to see how God freed her. And now she's touched the lives of thousands of people. Um, and, you know, even in my own discouragement, I thought, oh, I'm not making any impact here uh, at this center where I'm working. Um, God opened a door um, to share the gospel. And, you know, maybe I just planted a seed and someone else watered and eventually it was harvested. And she came to faith in Christ. But if there's one thing everyone who meets her knows, uh, it's that she's a believer. Um, and many people have come to Christ uh, through um, just her powerful story, um, and I think it's a, a wonderful example of how um, Jesus does come and give freedom uh, to the burdened. Finally, Jesus talks about um, coming to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, when I first read this, I was like, the year of the Lord's favor. I have no concept for what this actually means. Um, but uh, he was coming to bring in a time 
of God's unmerited favor, of God's grace, um, that even though we were and we are sinners, that he came to bring God's unmerited favor. And there was actually a year of God's favor in the um, uh, ancient Hebrew society called the Jubilee year, um, or a year when debts were canceled. Um, people were in, you know, who may have been in great debt uh, may actually have their debts forgiven of them. Um, I'm sure a lot of us can relate to this in the practical sense. Um, you know, many of us are in debt in different ways and different levels. Um, but thank God um, that, you know, with our financial debts aside, um, although we have a spiritual debt to Christ um, because of our sins that we could never pay, Jesus made a way for our spiritual debt to be canceled. Um, Jesus made a way um, <clears throat> for the forgiveness of all our sins. And perhaps this is the, the deepest need of any of those mentioned, between blindness, um, imprisonment. Um, it's our debt to God um, that's forgiven when we accept Jesus and his work at the cross for us. Um, so when you think about the different things I've shared about, blindness, imprisonment, oppression, debt, um, you know, I wonder what is the greatest need in your life? Or what is your greatest felt need? Because all of us have certain needs in our lives that we feel. Um, but there's a deeper need that we all have, and that's a need for peace with God. A need for the sense that our sins have been forgiven. And so Jesus came to the, to the world to accomplish that very thing. Uh, he came as a king with an uncommon purpose. Um, and the Spirit of God was upon him to accomplish this purpose. Um, and he didn't uh, just, you know, he didn't go and vanquish human foes, but he went to the cross. And he went to the cross um, to carry all the weight of my sin, of your sin, of the world's sin, so that any of us who come to this realization that Jesus died on the cross for us could have eternal life, have peace with God, and have a changed life, a life that's uh, filled with the Spirit of God. And not only that, but Jesus rose from the dead, showing that he had power over death even. And so Jesus' message was a huge message that he brought. And yes, you know, on that day when he preached, it was fulfilled in a sense that Jesus was right there in the in their presence. Um, and um, the message was fulfilled in Christ. Uh, it, it was ultimately fulfilled at the cross. And now, um, now that God's Spirit has been sent to indwell his believers, um, his church, this message can continually be fulfilled through God's people. And it doesn't only happen with proclamation, with what we say. It happens with what we do. Um, and it happens only with the Spirit's power and the Spirit's direction. Um, <clears throat> but it's interesting, uh, beyond the scripture that I read when I began, there's more to the story than that. Um, after Jesus said, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing, it says, all spoke well of him and were amazed at 
the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, Joseph the carpenter? They asked. But Jesus said to them, Surely you'll quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. Do here in your, home, in your own hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Now, physician, heal yourself. You know, they may have looked at the very words that Jesus had said, um, freedom from oppression, and here was Jesus, a carpenter's son, living amongst the people, coming to his hometown. Um, he was, as an Israelite, living under Roman rule. In one sense, he was certainly oppressed. He was certainly burdened. In another sense, he was certainly a prisoner. Um, and they could even accuse him of being blind because, you know, as a, a local Nazarene, uh, you might not see much by, beyond the horizon or see much hope in life. Um, <clears throat> and so on some level, perhaps uh, in a human sense, their, their complaint of physician, heal yourself, might seem to be true. But Jesus said, I tell you the truth, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time. When the sky was shut for three and a half years, and there was a severe famine throughout the land, yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. In other words, Elijah was sent to somebody on the outside. Um, And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian another person outside. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this, as though he was saying, well, I'm only going to do these things for those outside, um, I think was the way that they they heard this. Um, They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him down the cliff. But he walked right through the cloud, the crowd, and went on his way. Um, And so Jesus brought um, a message that was not meant to be contained to the synagogue, um, to a certain chosen people, to an elite few. But it was meant for everyone. It was meant for outsiders. Um, maybe for, those, for folks that people in the synagogue were uncomfortable being in touch with. Um, so Jesus brought a message that was bigger than the synagogue. He brought a message that is bigger than our doubt, bigger than our own abilities. We may feel like, oh, we don't have much talent. We don't have much to offer. But his message is bigger, and it's his spirit that will accomplish it. He brought a message that's bigger than our sin, a message that's bigger than our prejudices, and those people that we might feel like are beneath us, um, but they're uh, the apple of, of God's eye. Uh, Jesus is bigger than our experiences. Uh, maybe in life you feel like, well, you know, I'm not that much unlike uh, him saying, oh, he's just like a carpenter's son. I'm a person of low stature or status. Um, but the message is bigger than our experience. And it's bigger than our faith. Um, you know, when I think about having great faith, I think not so much of, oh, my great faith. Um, Actually, I feel like I have very little faith. But I, that faith that I do have is in a great God. 
And so his message is bigger than my faith and what I feel like I can do. And so if Jesus is calling me or calling you or calling any of us to go outside our comfort zone and uh, maybe rather than just flipping in a, a coin uh, in the uh, dish of the, the lady who begs outside the Sham Shui Po MTR, uh, maybe he's calling us to sit with her for a moment amidst all the crowd that's going by and ask her what her name is. Or simply, uh, if we don't have the words to communicate with her, at least say, uh, Jesus loves you, something. Um, getting to know people who are outside um, our usual circle. And uh, we have the joy and the privilege of being able to join Christ in his mission to touch those on the outside. Um, and so let's, let's our, open our hearts to doing that. And some of the things I'm so encouraged by um, in this church, you know, hearing Lavina share about her work, hearing uh, about, uh, I've heard about a small group that's going to be uh, involved with Glow in the Dark and going to, uh, to help in some way with that. Um, and these little means of outreach uh, that are going on, and some of them very big means of outreach, God is doing, God's continuing to fulfill the scripture today. Um, you know, maybe Jesus is not here in the flesh, um, but Jesus is here in spirit. And he's ready to empower his church um, to open the eyes of the blind, to set free the captives, uh, to ease the burden of those who are burdened, and provide recovery of sight for the blind. Uh, and if he can do it for us, he can use us um, to continue to do that in his world uh, through the power of his spirit. Um, and so I want to close the thought with the thought that this is a message for today. I love just the urgency of Jesus saying, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And if he could say that 2,000 years ago uh, in a synagogue in Nazareth, he can say that today. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your, he- in your hearing um, because the Spirit of God is here. Um, and I believe that the Spirit of God is bigger than any of us. He's certainly bigger than my um, ability to, to share from the scriptures. Um, and, uh, but I believe that God's doing a work uh, in our lives. So um, I'd like to uh, close the message in prayer. And perhaps if the musicians could make their way up, that would be wonderful. And Justin, feel free to start playing uh, as we pray, if you like. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Jesus, you are wonderful. I thank you that um, just as directly and as urgently and as wonderfully as you are in that synagogue in Nazareth, uh, in this scripture, Lord, um, that you're here with us now. And Lord, we come from all different places, all different um, stages in our walk with you. Some of us um, don't have a relationship with you yet, Jesus. Some of us have a relationship with you or, or 
committed our lives to you a long time ago, uh, but we feel like we've walked away. We feel far from you this morning, God. And then some of us are just in the midst of a wonderful season of um, just the freshness of your spirit, God, and a wonderful work that you're doing in our lives, Lord. But wherever we are, we just thank you that you're here with us now. That you're here with the, the power to heal, to bring recovery of sight, to set captives free. And you're here with the grace to forgive. So, Lord, as we just uh, sit here, I want to take some time uh, to just allow your spirit to do your work. Uh, for those of us who feel like you may be calling us into a relationship with you, I pray that you would bring an assurance of that um, and help us to respond to your offer of free salvation to us, salvation from our sins and uh, peace with God. And for those of us who just want to join your mission, God, want to serve with you, um, for those of us who, who just want to do something that's bigger than the current state of our faith, um, something that's bigger than anything in our experience has ever told us that we would be able to do, um, we can do in your power, Lord. So I ask you to to speak to our hearts now, Lord. We just take some time in silence um, as the guitar continues to play. Lord, speak to our hearts. so rare to, to find these moments of just being silent before you, God, in this uh, rush pace of the society that we're in. But thank you that you, you meet us. I got, God, I pray that if there's anyone here that doesn't know you as their Savior, trust in you and have a relationship with you, that today you would draw their heart to you. We thank you that today this scripture can be fulfilled in our hearing. I'm wondering with, with everyone's heads bowed and eyes closed, uh, if that's you, if you feel like God's spirit is coming on, on you, and uh, touching your heart and calling you into a relationship with Jesus. I don't want to single you out, but um, if that's you, sometimes we just need to, to take time to respond. Um, so without anyone looking around, is there anyone who would raise their hand and say, yeah, that's me. I need a relationship with Jesus. I don't know how it works exactly, but I need Jesus.
Well, if that's you, I just encourage you to join me in prayer. God, I don't know exactly how this works, but I just acknowledge that I need you. I need Jesus in my life. I need the forgiveness of my sins and peace with God. Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner. Lord, there's no way to hide it from you. I need you so much. But today I choose to believe in you, Lord, to start a new relationship with you. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and was risen again from the dead and that you can give me new life. And Lord, I I want you to be Lord of my life. Just take control, God. A greater sense of mission with you, Lord. For those of us who may have a person come to our mind or a task that you've called us to that we want to join you in, I pray that you would give us the faith, that you would help us to sense your Spirit's anointing and calling. And know that it's not going to be in our power that this gets done, but only in your power, God. I thank you that starting today, all this can be fulfilled simply in our hearing from you. In Jesus' name, amen.